0: Tiger Revenge, brought to you by. Warning. You are now entering the Blue Tiger 10, the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting. Revenge is upon you. Hit the music.
1: That's right. We're back. It's time, that time again, for a new episode of Blue Tiger Revenge. You know, the place where comics inspire culture and culture inspires comics. I am comic book creator, uh, Brett Hart, super fan, uh, the man with the curls, because my hair is so luscious these days. So luscious, whoever invented conditioner, shout out to you, but also a man broken, broken by the wilderness, which we'll get into and joining me looking. Oh, so fly his back. So fucked, but his hat so sweet. The, the man, the myth, the heart and soul, your favorite youth baseball coach, (laughs)
0: big brian bales how's it going big brian it's going good it's going good other than you know other than my back being out but you know what are you gonna do That's what happens when you get old so right yeah uh my sister's up visiting and
1: yesterday we were like oh well first let me say i'm sorry you know what that means a lot thank you thank you (laughs) we uh we were like oh which comes up usually we do like some type of crazy hike you know and i was like oh Let's just, you know, there's still snow and stuff, but let's hike out to this, you know, dew mound lake. It should be fine, not a big deal. So we start hiking out there and we're like, oh, nobody's been out here in a long time. Just still like a couple feet of snow on the ground and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, we're getting out there and the snow's getting the sun's coming up a little bit more. It's getting a little softer. All of a sudden, we're falling through. My fat ass is falling through a lot. And we get to the lake and we're like, oh, okay. And then I go, Oh, well, you know, this connects all the way to the main. There's an I, part of the Iditarod trail. We can just take the loop, right? It's just like a mile down to the river and you can catch it right there. And no one's been on this trail at all, right? Like it's <laughs> yeah. it's there. You can see it. Yeah. I you know, I know where the trail markers were, because you know, during the winter it's just completely different. Right. So we hike all the way down there. And then and at this point there's no trail, you know, you're just kind of like we get down to the river. And then I was like, oh, fuck. There's no markers. There's no anything. And I know where the Iditarod Trail goes. Like, I know where it goes because it just parallels the river. Mm -hmm. And we start going down it. Dude, it was like three feet of snow. It was like a far away. And yeah, my sister was like, well, let's just keep going. Eventually, we'll catch the trail. And I'm like, we've already been out here for six hours. We try and trudge (laughs) three feet of snow. Yeah. Even though it's only a mile to get to the, like the main trail, I was like, we're going to be out here till like nightfall. We have to. So we had to turn around and backtrack all the way up through the shit. And at this point, like, dude, like I fucking face planted. Um, (laughs) yeah, I was, it was one of those experiences where I don't, I think we've laughed that hard probably since we were kids because we we're just getting our shit rocked yeah like every five minutes you are talking oh yeah blah 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 and then slip face plant, slip face plant <laughs> just oh it was it was great it was great i mean we're all kind of hurting now but i bet um you know classic uh classic galusha family uh, yeah. unprepared for the wilderness yeah um just a just a little jaunt in the woods it turned into like a 12 mile, you know, survive, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, well, it was
0: good. I, you know, I threw Wait. my back out, uh, uh, lifting a pitching machine wrong. So, you know, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. But, you know, we do, we do have some, some news for the Tiger Cubs. What's um, the news. So the news is the month of June. We won't have oh. any new episodes. Uh, yeah
1: we're gonna have to take the month of june off folks yeah uh, big bry is gonna be out there with the the little kid all-star team yep and uh tournaments um, every weekend so yeah and i, I mean it works out good because like the second half of the month i'm gonna be on the road uh doing some like basically riding retreats and working out of the, the car and stuff so i think recording an episode would be just too much of a nightmare yeah i'm um, to record it so yeah Sorry folks, but we'll, ha- we'll we'll beef it up up until then and we'll still be posting some stuff here and there.
0: Yeah. Uh it, but
1: we'll you know we're coming back.
0: So we'll you know new episodes oh, coming yeah. in July. So you just taking we just want to let you all know uh now and just we'll probably do some constant reminders uh so folks don't forget and wonder right. where the new episodes are in June. They won't
1: they won't be there. That's right. Hey like any mythic creature, the blue tiger is something that uh, is revered and That's right. and sometimes isn't seen for large large swaths of time. And then when it does appear, it's it's a joyous occasion. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, it's been uh, kind of a busy few days for me. Yeah. Uh, I went to a pro wrestling event, my first pro That's wrestling a- local. How was it, dude? It was. It was pretty epic. Uh, it, they got a little old school, like ECW. They had a four-way ladder match for the, <laughs> the strap at the very end. Awesome! And they brought in some dudes from Jersey. Um, they tore down the house, man. It was a great show. Not a lot of people. There's maybe a hundred people or so. Yeah. But um, I mean, they were putting people through chairs. They were put like I mean, they were putting people through ladders. Uh, there was doors. Um, there, I mean, the characters were all great. And then you got to meet most of them afterwards. It was kind of interesting. The heels didn't come out. Yeah. So like they stayed in the back, but all the, I guess you could say the, um, the good guys, the good guys all kind yeah. of came out. Um, so you got to meet a lot of them. I talked with a few of them. Uh, it was, it was really interesting talking with them and their perspectives of the match yeah. and how it went. Cause like there was one, there was like a tag team title match, uh, halfway through, and uh it went really well like the crowd was so into it they they turned out they like you know just they tore it up they tore it up man and um i was talking with them afterwards and they were really upset because they were like yeah well we had this this and this what we're supposed to do we were supposed to hit these spots and it just like you know they had yeah tables and chairs and shit and they're like it just didn't come together so we had to improvise it just it kind of but um that was interesting it was really interesting because you know like old school stuff they never would talk like that right and right. now it's like but um yeah it was just cool man it was really cool Real a lot of like fun people really like diverse crowd like just tons of just people from all walks of life um yeah we had a blast my sister painted her face like the ultimate warrior that's fantastic um, yeah which it was funny because like a bunch of the wrestlers were like hey hey yeah, yeah. how's it going lady big wrestling fan huh oh, yeah yeah and she was like all right easy check out the hand there's a ring yeah but it was that's pretty, pretty great hard. that's pretty yeah, great was cool. i did have i got a story for
0: you all right let's hear it what you got okay you're gonna
1: i don't know you're gonna love or fucking hate it okay okay so i had to go down to la I went down to LA, right? And it was they were filming some kind of movie, superhero movie. I think it was Superman, but they had all the characters in different it was like the was the outfits, but they changed the iconography so that in case people were had access to the building, they couldn't uh you know, they couldn't figure out what like what the care who the characters were. Right. But you could kind of tell right? just by the way their costumes were and stuff. Right. And yeah. so it was almost like, it was like rehearsals. They were rehearsing, like setting up how they were going to do. They wanted to do all these old school, like seventies long shots, but we were in a studio and the studio was, it had a low ceiling, but it was like the size of an like a airplane hanger. It was fucking huge. This place. And there was all these comedians and famous people, and I don't know why they had me there, but they had me like doing some type of consulting or something. And so, you know, they had us like they were using me as like an extra at first, and then they had all the extras leave when they brought in like the people to actually start filming shit. But they let me stay, and I was just walking around, playing it cool, playing it cool. But as I'm walking through, I fucking guess who was there? Who was there? Joe fucking Rogan. I didn't talk to him. But I'm walking by him and his cronies and all of a sudden I hear him say, yeah, what is this thing called? Tiger milk. Like this tiger milk. He just kept saying tiger milk yeah, to yeah. these guys and talk about tiger milk. So I looked at him and he looked at me and I pointed and I gave him kind of like the thumbs up, pointed up at him because he was like over across the way and he was like tiger milk. And I go, I just kind of gave him the like, you know, like, Hey, thanks, man. like, you uh, know, <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> like appreciate the support. And I kept walking and I went and sat down fucking Bobby Lee was sitting over there in like a lounge area playing on his phone. And someone came up to him and started talking about asking like, what is this tiger milk stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to, you know, tell him like, oh, that's, that's me and big Bri. Yeah. Well, that's us. But so I just let it go. And they kept talking about it, talking about it. And then like, I was watching some of the shots and stuff and they brought in these big like trucks that had sliding doors on the sides of them. Okay. Yeah. and you opened them up, and they were just filled with graphic novels. So like, they wanted everybody to, who was a part of the film to like grab graphic novels and yeah. like grab stuff to read and everything. It was just a really cool experience. And then I fucking woke up this morning and realized the whole thing was a dream. Never flew down to LA. Didn't meet any of these Damn. people. But I was sitting there going like, wait a second. What if one of this is one of these like dreams of it's a premonition. You know, yeah, exactly.
0: We're, we are low level psychics here on this show, you know.
1: My point, exactly. Yeah. So the whole time I'm thinking, like, all right, this is it. A few years. This is going to. Tiger, tiger milk, milk, worldwide, milk Worldwide, baby. That's right. That's right. That's right. That'll be our new company, Tiger <laughs> Worldwide. <Yeah. laughs> I'm in. People just sitting there going, Tiger Milk. What's this Tiger Milk thing? Tiger Milk. It's like just taking over. That's right. That's right. There you go. Yeah, weird, right? Weird fucking dream. But I'm weird yeah, dream. but I'm in 100%. 100%. Yeah. I th- I want to say they were filming like a Superman movie. Mm. This is we- the whole thing was strange. Just such a strange. I imagine that's probably what it's like though. I'm sure.
0: Without the celebrities hanging out. Uh, you just- never you never know. You never know.
1: I just kept thinking like what would Keanu how would Keanu take in this this kind of fame, notoriety. Yeah. Just- Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Just kind
0: of well hands You know, up, I wave. I do have a mission to become best friends with Keanu. So
1: Okay. Yeah. I didn't see him there, but I, he was in my heart
0: yeah. and in my mind. Well, listen, I mean, it's only it's only a matter of time before <laughs> he come, before he comes on the show. It's only a matter
1: of time. Well, we've had we've had one of his friends on the show. We should try and get him back. Yeah. I'm in. You should do that. They're buddies now. They I know. Premieres together. I know. John Wick. That's crazy. Oh, I was told uh, an opinion. You're not going to like it. Okay. So I was talking with my sister. I mean, and I noticed. Does her opinion matter? Let's, let's <laughs> first and foremost. Well, I, you know, I'm just curious what your take on this. Okay. So she gave me her Peacock account, right? Yeah. Because I could watch. I they got. I'm am amazed at how many movies they have on there. A They're ton. Like new, yeah. like Cocaine Bear and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I noticed that she'd been watching um, all the John Wick movies. And I was like, oh, shit, you're watching all the John Wicks. I haven't watched them yet, so what'd you think? And she goes, first one's great. And then she goes, you know, like any sequel after that, like they pump up the action. But she goes, "Um, you know, like she goes, I'm not going to say that they get better as you proceed down the line. She said, uh, um, she goes, what you'd expect from a sequel, bigger budget, bigger action, but overall stories – you know, not as not as uh, fulfilling. Mm. And uh, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting." I was like, "You know, Brian, Brian, uh, his uh, his opinion is a little different than yours. He thinks that they uh, that everything kind of just ramps up. You know, the story make it a little thinner, but the movies themselves get better and better." And uh, and she was like, "She she gave me the the head nod like with the frown, the frowny <laughs> head nod like." Mm-mm, mm-mm. Hey, you now know. I will say for being a piece of garbage. She's a giant fucking piece of garbage. Yeah. But she does, I think, have a master's degree in like English or something like that. So, you know. I mean. I took it with a grain of salt, but I still is interesting. You in know, you,
0: you can have a master's in filmmaking too and still not know how to make a film. Very true. You know. Um, Very true. You know. She's. She
1: didn't say they were bad,
0: yeah she's she's not wrong, and she's also wrong on some levels, right I mean wrong. I guess, <laughs> I so it's
1: like opinions, yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, I would say that there are the the sequels, I think two and three are weaker than one, but I think four. But the is,
1: actions ratcheted up. Yes, isn't the
0: it? A- the action just gets better and better and better. Like they're right. putting they in in those movies. I feel like they put the budget in the right places. Right? They they put the budget into the stunts and into making it just bigger, rock, and bigger and bigger.
1: They, they rockied it. Where like the first one was a great movie, but then after that, they just turn into these like they just get crazier and crazier in terms of like being these spectacles of yeah. uh, boxing matches, like. I would say out of the, I'm not going to count the fifth one, but Rocky Four, right? Like everyone loves Rocky Four because it's just so over the top, so yeah. ridiculous. But the reality is, it's in terms of story, like it doesn't even. It's it's a stupid action movie at this point in agree. comparison to to, to the, the first, first one, which, which was like, a romantic drama. Yep. You know. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I,
0: I I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. But yeah, I think that you know, I think the first one was already like a stupid action movie like john wick the first one um sure i mean if you if you look at the story just like alone it's about a dude yeah. whose dog whose dog gets killed and he kills like 400 people
1: <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean like <laughs> so i i don't see why that's ridiculous This sounds very you know i mean it's on point uh, we would all yeah. do
0: the same thing no doubt but of course yeah i think that yeah, I mean the story was never necessarily like the, the thing where the first one is like there's so much mystery, right? There's so much mystery oh, in this organization right. of uh, you know that he was or used to be a part of like what did he do? Like how did he get out and you know Well they're
1: divulging this or like pulling back then, the curtain a little bit then, on this like secret world of like assassins. Yeah, and then they they X try government. and build
0: the world more and more and more every movie. The one thing that I find hilarious, though, about these movies is it's like, how many dudes does this guy have to kill before, like, the assassins are like, nah, man, I'm good. Like, like $20 million, not worth it because he's going to kill me.
1: Also, you know, like anything, everybody has a run. You're only at the, even the very best in the world. They're only the best in the world for a short amount of time. Yeah. At some point, somebody. And that's what I always find interesting about these like movies where they always ratchet it up and the, 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 the mate, the protagonist, you know, yeah. He, he's the best or he was the best. Well, it's,
0: and it, and it's not even that he's the best. It's that his will, right? Is that he, he just doesn't. He well, that's what, what makes you stop. the best. Yeah,
1: that's what makes somebody yeah. the best. Though, yeah, might not be the best on terms on paper, but like overall, you know, yeah, that's the that's the George St. Pierre, you know. Uh, oh yeah, the debate is like, yeah, but he would, the one the few losses he had, he was able to come back and just avenge them in a ridiculous way, you know. Yeah. Just, anyways, Anyways, um, we don't need to get into MMA. No,
0: no, yeah. but I no, I get I I can appreciate what she's saying. She's not. I think technically she's not wrong, but yeah, I think my enjoyment for the movies grow with each one that I see. If that uh, makes if that makes I mean, sense,
1: and that yeah yeah, I mean I know what your taste is. I'm
0: also a simple man. I like I'm easy to please when it comes to movies. You you're know what I mean? all
1: about the camp, man. Yeah, it's like the like sometimes it's the things you're like, dude. This is the, this movie's amazing, and then I'll watch it. I'm like. What is, what is he talking about? Yeah.
0: Yeah. What is he talking about? I, I have very, you know, my taste in my taste in yeah. the movies. Like I like to be entertained. I like craziness. Yeah, you're a middle school boy and giant man's body. Exactly. And I'm, <laughs> you know what? I accept it and I'm okay with it. So.
1: That's right. <laughs> oh, well, we've got a big guest coming in today. A guy yeah. that we met from Emerald city. Uh, kind of crazy. Like I was actually supposed to, uh, share studio space with the gentleman um and his uh his studio mates uh about a year ago up there in in beautiful toronto but uh we'll get into that when uh he's about ready to come in i think so just wait and see all right wait and see uh i gotta be honest i didn't read anything for this episode i just haven't had time and
0: we just uh, yeah i've been so busy with Dude, Everything. you would not, you would not believe how much time youth baseball takes. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> like
2: <laughs> it
1: takes up any, um, all my time. Is there any comic news that's dropped or any movie news that's dropped? You're more uh, finger on the pulse than I am for that kind of stuff. Um, I'm
0: trying to think. No, I know the new Guardians comes out is coming out soon and it's supposedly oh. like supposed to be great from what I've heard. So it's we'll getting see. Good, yeah, good
1: reviews, yeah i'm not okay. surprised i'm not surprised um yeah i have a feeling a lot of them aren't going to make it out of this one i have a feel i honestly i hope so like let's raise just the stakes. even in the trailer i yeah. saw it, like they showed like the the latest trailer I, I saw it when we were watching something the other night and it flashed across the screen yeah and like it showed like mantis all fucked up Yeah, you know like she had, like, They they mantis should all- they
0: should die like you need to raise the stakes in these movies and like They've been around for ten years at this point. Like, let's start killing people off, and not just yeah, and not just you know, go go Captain America where it's like, well, he's gone.
1: Okay, maybe gone where? somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, know. you can kind of like set up. It's almost like a. I know people. What is it? The thought thaw- fridging them. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like yeah, there's a reason why. Like, I'm not a big. I'm not opposed. Whole, like to fridging, I know. Like that's one of those things that they say, "Oh, it's the, the, done the prob- to death."
0: But yeah, well, no, yeah. I think the problem when when fridging becomes a problem is when it's always like the girlfriend gets fridged, so the so the male character can that's like his sole purpose, right? Yeah, that's where I, that's where fridging I've becomes seen. a problem, where there's no development or no anything. It's just up. Oh, she's dead now. Got to avenge sure. her.
1: Sure, it's almost like it's more of like a martyrdom where their death serves a greater purpose, which I think they'll probably do with Guardians or some of these other yeah. Marvel movies. Yeah. They might have to do with Kang, it sounds like. Yeah, we'll see. Nah, they'll, yeah. Just, they'll
0: recast. They'll recast. You think so? Probably not, but, I mean, they recasted Hulk and, uh, um, they you know, they recast Mark Ruffalo from Edward Norton and then... Man terrence howard they recasted him with uh what's his face for for iron oh, man um, i
1: like to think that some some disney and marvel get together in like a break room somewhere yeah or not disney and marvel but uh marvel and dc and they just they're like making coffee and like oh how's things going over there and like god Ezra <laughs> miller well yeah you know we yeah, got, yeah, we got like,
0: jonathan yeah. majors oh okay yeah, yeah
1: <laughs> but just like, you know what, what the hell? Some of these guys, they finally they finally make it, and then they blow it up. Like what's wrong with them? Like yeah, yeah. We, they, why why why? Yeah, why do sometimes horrible people have to be so talented.
2: Yep,
0: that's <laughs> the way it goes. But uh, on that note, nice. I think it's time. All right, check one two.
1: And we're back for our special guest
2: Ramon Perez from Raid Studios <laughs> up in Toronto. How's it going, man? Not too bad. Not too bad. yourselves?
0: Yeah, we're good. Welcome,
2: welcome. Nice. Happy Survived. to be here, man. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. No, thanks for doing this. Uh, no. Oh, well, we were kind of talking before we recorded that, but you and I actually exchanged emails about a year ago uh, when I was supposed to be in Toronto and uh yeah, it's finally it's great i feel bad i didn't realize you were at emerald city i walked by your table probably like three times um and i didn't even right. just didn't even click you know it yeah. just didn't I, don't
2: know. I should have said hi hey, like oh hey it's we- a you know it's a busy show there's yeah. crowds everywhere like i walk through there sometimes and i sometimes will miss like half the people that are there and i'm like i know these people i've known them for years and somehow we didn't ever cross paths anywhere it's kind of shitty but it is what it is you know yeah but luckily yeah. someone came by and i got this so it's all good that was me <laughs> oh! yeah. and i you know <laughs> nice. I, I i went by because i bought these uh oh, I bought these awesome
0: um anthologies that you guys put together i've made my way through book one uh, oh, sure. so nice. I'm, I'm working my way through them, and uh, nice. I've really, really enjoyed them so far.'ve been Thanks, man. The stories have been, been a fun lot of fun
2: those together, you know, yeah, uh, we're we're actually working on five and six consecutively right now, and we're doing something a little bit different where we're actually reaching out outside, but like the majority of the content now will be from outside of the studio, whereas the first three were creators oh, cool. within RAID. We're trying to make it uh, a lot more international and a mix of creators, yeah. Ah, from all over the world. So we'll see what happens.
0: Now, is it gonna be the same size and format? Because you can't mess with it when I put it on the shelf. I gotta, you know, they gotta
2: look they gotta look yeah, the same. No, it's okay, actually good. five, five and six will match book four. Okay. Perfect. Uh, which we like we switched it up just to try something different. Yeah. And uh we'll be doing a slip case for that as well. Ooh, nice. And yeah. if if we continue on for to uh uh what would be five, six, uh, seven, eight, nine, uh, I actually want to do same dimension. But landscape so it'd be like oh. a nice like widescreen kind of format yeah. for the comic so it'll be bound on the short side but we'll see like That'll i like try really to play cool. with the format so it'll it'll fit the same on the shelf it'll just you know it'll look a little bit different that's cool that's yeah. oh
1: man that's so cool um i guess one obviously we got to talk about you and yeah. uh like how you got into this crazy business but <laughs> uh before we do that can we talk about rate because like in the comic industry you know like there's not a lot of like collective studios that are operational like i guess you could say back in the old days you know the yeah. the silver age and golden age of comics out in new york you everything was studio based but now yeah. it's like you know it's a guy or gal anywhere pretty much with yeah. the advent of technology just doing it but you guys um you know, like we were talking earlier, there's, you know, obviously there's Helioscope out in Portland, which is kind of, right. you know, the infamous at this point. Yeah. And, um, and then there's you guys. And
2: uh, so tell us about RAID a little bit before we get rolling here. Sure. Yeah. It's, um. I mean, we just celebrated our 20th anniversary last year. Wow. Uh, oh. It was originally founded in 2002 by Chip Zdarsky, uh and a few college friends and uh, creators. They just kind of wanted a space to work together, um, you know, collaborate get other house sort of idea Mm. and i was the first replacement guy that came in in around 2006 and i had been missing that collaborative kind of engaging atmosphere that you got in college because in college you had like it was like a bullpen you had all the artists who had their own Mm -hmm. tables and stuff like that and um you know, at first I was kind of trepidatious because I was like, ah shit, that's like a little bit more overhead every month. But so, you know, as a starving artist trying to make your way out, you're yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you're always you're always concerned about money basically. And but after weighing weighing the possibilities and kind of kind of saying to myself, well, you know, if I do one extra page of artwork a month, that covers my entire month, or like one illustration or one comic page, or however I wanted to break it down that would yeah. cover my expenses and I'm glad I did cause I never looked back. It was, it's been, I've been here now probably 17 years. Love the crew. Uh, we've grown quite a bit. What started with four people, all the original members have left and we're now about, I think, 26 uh, oh, wow. creators. Yeah. Uh, not all are in house. Some of them what we call our satellite members, people who are involved in what okay. we do, but they don't actually okay. drop in all the time. Um and it's been great. We have, well, for a while, like around the mid-2000s, like around 2010 or so, we were predominantly all comic-based creators. But over the past, especially since the pandemic, actually, because we lost a lot of members yeah. uh, during the pandemic where people were like, working from home, I'm still working from home, you know, I'm not going back <laughs> mm-hmm. in. Um we gained a whole new influx of creators, but a lot of them are Mm -hmm. uh, working in illustration, animation, uh, they're entrepreneurs who are doing their own publishing, um, graphic designers, so a little bit of everything, really. So it's actually a nice kind of return to what the studio originally was, because while it was started by Chip Sadarsky at the time, uh, he was just doing indie comics and working as a a columnist for the the newspaper and and doing all kinds of other things, right? So it's really cool to have that dynamic of, of creators here. And, um, and just have that collaborative energy back again after uh, a very quiet two years during the pandemic where yeah. I think, I think for about two years or at least a good year and a half, it was just three of us in here every day. Cause we were like, I don't want to, I don't want to work at home. I'm just going to walk yeah. over yeah. to the studio and we're going to continue to share the space. You know, we took precautions and stuff like that, but you know, it was fine, you know? Yeah yeah but uh yeah and it's been and it's been great and over the past uh, several years during the pandemic, especially we also escalated uh our kind of involvement in publishing. We've been publishing a lot of books we we're I think on our ninth or tenth book uh this spring, and we've been doing agency work as well like utilizing the network of creators we have here to kind of Go to larger companies and go. Hey, do you need an advertisement done? Do you need a comic book, uh, a video, whatever it might be? So, kind of bringing in cool. like a few different facets to make raid and and what we do kind of more sustainable
1: here. You mm-hmm. know,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Then it, I mean, that's good for
1: also probably the studio members too. They can, yeah,
2: right, supplement like we,
1: and work with each other and stuff.
2: Yeah. So basically, everybody here is freelance. They do their own thing, but every so yeah. often, when a job comes in we'll either hand it off to the crowd or if it's a a big enough contract where we need someone to kind of spearhead the, um, the team will run it as the studio and then bring in either individuals from within the studio or uh, our external network. Cause you know, having done this for a while, we, we know a lot of people. So like if I have someone, for example, like I might need an animation done and the guy in the house is busy, I'll just, reach out to my external network and, and pull someone else in basically. Oh, you know, that's cool. To build a build a team up and, and have mm-hmm. Raid act as an agency to um to help uh you know get everybody you know more money in their pockets but also yeah you know help help the perpetual motion machine that is the studio to to survive basically. That's awesome. You know? that's yeah. Great. No, so we were pretty happy with it. You know, and the, the yeah. new space we have here has a gallery too and a cafe. So it's a really nice kind of robust s- space.
1: I saw that online. Um, yeah. I was like, Oh, now do you, is that something that you guys use to kind of help support the, um, the studio itself? Cause like, I thought that was a great idea. It's like, here you have all these creators. Yeah, the,
2: so the cafe definitely does, does help yeah. support the gallery right now is more of a showcase. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. You know, with the pandemic, it was difficult to do anything with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But now as we're coming out of it, we uh, we're, Kind of underutilizing it now, like where we have an exhibit now it has been going on for probably three or four months. I'd like okay. to kind of have a quicker turnaround on that and kind of start to showcase, like you know, more international talent. Like calling, calling favors for some friends and go, hey, you know, yeah, you know, uh, do you want to do a show up here? I'll fly you up for the weekend. We'll have an event. We'll, sh- you know, you can answer questions from the crowd. We'll showcase your books, that sort of thing. And then the show will stay up for say two to three months, and then we'll do the same thing again. And okay. We you know do book book launches as well when we when we have a publication go out and, and yeah. different things. So we're still experimenting. So um, you guys
1: almost have like your own little imprint thing going too as well.
2: Yeah. So yeah, all yeah. the anthologies, yeah. like those are all our imprint. We've okay. actually done like some kids' books. We've done a novel. Oh, that's cool. You know, and we wow. have about six more projects slated for this year. And, oh, wow. And uh, right now, that's keeping us busy enough as it is.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Let me let me ask you, as somebody who is, I've been freelancing and working on, you know, just uh, graphic novel here, graphic novel there, Mm -hmm. you know, short comic here. What, anyways? uh, But that's something that I've been starting to move towards to personally is forming like an imprint, just so you can take these projects that Mm -hmm. necessarily might be kind of a hard pitch and actually yeah. like get them out into the world right yeah. uh what advice would you have for uh someone like myself in doing
2: that i mean as an individual like just doing your own imprint or yeah not to put you on the spot here, <laughs> i mean it's interesting because i've always i've always the to me there's always been a um uh a, a power in numbers kind of thing people perceive yeah. you differently like if you if it's just you putting out your own comic with your name on it and that's it right you know it's indie it's not that you know even though these days you can do much more with what's available on print on demand yeah i feel like if you have an if you have a logo and an imprint whatever it might be people just take you a little bit more seriously it's like calling up a client as a freelancer versus calling up a client as an agency they 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 listen to me differently when i when i when i call them out right so um (laughs) that's a really good point (laughs) yeah it's just it's it's the whole smoke and mirrors, fake it till you make it, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but it definitely does, you know, uh, help how you're perceived by your, your public and your audience. Like, I, I remember when I first, like, back in the day when I was first um, freelancing for a while, I made up my own secretary. And I just used a fake name. And I would just, you know, <laughs> use use, use, use my, my fake secretary to to field... Um, One second, uh, I'll patch you through yeah. to the <laughs> drum here. One second.
1: Uh, oh yeah, uh, right here. You know what? It,
2: it worked. Like it was great because yeah. it allowed me to screen uh, people I didn't want to work with. Like they, I would just be like, "Oh, sorry, Mr. Perez is busy right now. He can't take my <laughs> to work." You know what I mean? Dude. Yeah. But uh, oh. but you know, if I was, I could use the the agent or the secretary, whatever you want to call it, as my. Um, as my ball bus there and kind of go like, well, I, you know, these are Mr. Perez's rates, you know, yeah. you know work yeah. for anything less than this. And it, you know, it actually, it actually helped quite a bit, you know, I abandoned it after a while when things stabilized, but like early on it, um, it truly helped. So I think mm,
3: yeah,
2: uh, one of the, one of the reasons I first started printing through the studio was to create that same impression. Like there's mm-hmm. always, you know, it's so hard to sometimes get your your work seen by publishers. And if it's seen, yeah. it also depends who's the gatekeeper. Are they going to like your stuff? Like, right. I remember showcasing some of my early work back in uh, like around 2005, 6. And I won't mention the publisher, but I was like showing them my portfolio for the book. And it was an online comic I was doing that had a, a readership of about 150,000 people every that's, month. That's, that's huge. huge. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, it was a comedy kind of comic, and they were like, "Well, you're not funny, so we're really not interested in publishing this." And I was like, oh my God. "I was like, well, I don't think you might not think I'm funny, but 150 thousand people say otherwise, right?" So it kind of frustrated. I me. And I encountered that over my over the years trying yeah. to get work in comics, where they'd yeah. be like, "I would show a portfolio around, it, and it might be sci-fi based, and Marvel would be like, well, can you draw Spider-Man? Like, I you wow. know, Spider-Man isn't science fiction,' and I'm yeah. like," I'm like spider Man's the a guy in like a body suit. That's way easier to do than, uh, like aliens and yeah. spaces and stuff like that. So, um, so the, one of the reasons I, I, I did the imprint originally was to, as a studio, we could showcase our ideas, our work to, to get it out there and have people see it and, and kind of absorb it in a different light. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and some of the creators were very actually proactive with this. Like you said, you went through the first volume, yeah. um, Uh, Tri Wong and Irma Navilla, who did uh, Machine Boy in Volume 1 of Raid 1, basically took that book, sent it over to Skybound, and then they had a full graphic novel made based on that little pitch. Yeah. So I think the graphic novel came out about, I think it was last fall, if I recall correctly. And that's, you know, and and credit to Try, who was very proactive. He actually took the two other ideas he did in uh, the consecutive volumes and shop them around one, two, I think one became a, uh, a web comic on a Europe for a European publisher. And I think another one became a web comic on another platform as well. So like it's people see it, they see it in print. Yeah. Yeah. They go like, Oh, you've done this. Yeah. It can be trusted. You're you're a professional. Yeah. Here. We'll take you seriously as opposed to, you know, a PDF with some pitch ideas and stuff like Mm. that, you know?
0: Right. Right. On, on that note, I think, uh, you know, Tad, I don't know if I told you this, but uh I just brought in an assistant to kind of help us with the podcast and uh you know do our emails, uh schedule oh. episodes, everything like that. So yeah, Perfect. they'll be they'll be help helping out. So yeah. Okay.
1: Perfect. I look forward to it.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, that's uh that's really that's really uh I, I I, yeah, you're you're hitting on a lot of points where I'm mm-hmm. looking back, being like, oh, I should have, I could have handled things way
2: differently earlier in my career. <laughs> it's it's live and learn, right? Like, yeah, you it from experience, you try different things. You know, yeah, I, I've definitely. always been a guy who kind of jumps into the deep end without thinking a lot. So sometimes Same. My ideas fly, yeah. and sometimes they don't. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I'd rather I'm of the of the mentality. I'd rather try and fail than not have tried at all. So right yeah and and that's the the other thing too like being part of the studio now like and having this uh great array of creatives here like i'm now the old guy in the studio there are guys you know people who are much younger than me new, new fresh talent coming in and i'm learning from them they're learning from me we're chatting um but it's you know passing on that knowledge base which i think is important and we don't do a lot of in our industry you know what i mean
1: yeah, that's something that uh, well, Brian and I talk about this all the time. I'm mm-hmm. always probably complaining too much. Is I wish there was a little bit more transparency amongst uh, creators, especially mm-hmm. on like the business side. And I think yeah. it's getting better, especially post-pandemic, um, just because so many people, you know, I guess in a night, I guess the only way I can say it got, kind of got screwed over on projects and contracts yeah. and stuff. It just it happens. Yeah. Um, and so I've noticed that people have been a lot more. Open and less secretive with, like, oh, this is what this company is paying. This is what this is the type of contract this company is doing. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's just maybe I'm further enough in my career where I can email somebody and they'll actually give me the answers that I need. Um, but I remember early on, I would ask people and I would just get, they'd be like, I don't really know. I don't. And I'm like, you're doing a book for the company I'm asking <laughs> you about. You do know who's an editor that I should actually talk to yeah, on this project. Yeah. And they're like, I can't tell you.
2: And like, yeah. you're lying. Yeah. You know, like just, it's tough. Yeah. Right. Cause I think, I think yeah. a lot of freelancers have this, I must survive kind of mentality. Yeah. And, uh, it's feast or famine, right? Yeah. Feast or famine. And, yeah. and they're, they're, they're hard pressed to share their contacts they're hard pressed to tell you what they're making. Uh, Cause you know, yeah. whether it's, whether it's a fear you'll undercut them or you'll get more than them. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I think, I think it is important to have that dialogue. Cause You know, the the reason why rates are getting lower and lower in this industry is because no one talks and people keep coming in at lower rates, you know, for companies, right? You know, starting the starting rate at Marvel these days is probably, I think, a $100 less than it was when I started. Wow. uh, I I just was talking to someone about that. Yeah. And, you know, I knew at the time when I was working at the rate, because I kind of drew a line in the sand. I said, I'm not going to make less than this amount of money per page based on my experience, because I freelanced for about. A decade before i worked for for any of the comic companies right and oh wow okay yeah and I, I you know and i was working with illustration companies i was working with gaming all this stuff so i kind of knew what in my mind i i what i was worth mm-hmm. at least the bare minimum right definitely and 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 then it also can- gives you
1: a bit insight on like things of like kill fees and all that kind of stuff. Which yeah. let's be honest, and, and, the comic industry, and, if they can, <laughs> if they can sidestep any of that stuff, they will. They'll lie right to your face. Oh yeah, yeah. The
2: Kill fees <laughs> in the comics get get real. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what I mean. Um, but yeah, definitely. And and I think you know I remember talking once uh, at an event, must be a decade ago now, where I was talking with an exclusive artist at the time, and he was making a hundred dollars less a page than I was for, for the same company. You know, I mean, wow. and I was just a freelancer. Right. So I think it's important to have these dialogues to a, not only maintain, uh, you know, what little money we make in comics, you yeah. know, but also, uh, just to make sure the, uh, the newer, the people coming in aren't shafted. Uh, um, yeah. when they yeah. come in and work on these books, books for dirt cheap. And, you know, the, the, some publishers will say, you know, Oh, well, you'll get paid on the back end and royalties. I'm like, yeah. If the book has gangbuster sales, I will. But if it yeah, if it sells, you know what the rest of your books sell, probably not. You know exactly. So yeah, it's 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 important to have that, that dialogue.
1: Yeah, shows. it's interesting. My uh, my sister and I talk about it all the time. She's a she's a lawyer, yeah. and um, she looks at her at the comic industry, and she goes, "What'd she, she say the other day?" She goes, "Yeah." <laughs> you guys are operating on a very archaic model. Oh, yeah. um, she goes, it's very still 1920s. She goes, <laughs> uh, all those other companies, uh, there's no way that business would be conducted in that shape or form yeah. um, because nothing would get done and no one would get paid. She, she's yeah. like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's really one of those where I think the only real, cause you don't necessarily, we don't have like a, an overseeing governing body. The no, universe, there's no the union, There's no nothing, right? Like, right. You know, all this so. is making it where, like, oh, just companies are like, all right, well, we'll yeah. Put these guys on the blacklist. Uh, keep talking, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You know, well, the problem. I mean, the 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 thing in comics, especially, there's always someone waiting in line to, yeah, the next comic, right? You know, especially if you're looking to work for any of the two big two or three companies out there there's always a cavalcade of fresh talent coming in every year looking for work
0: oh you don't want to draw batman that's fine there's a thousand other people who are just lined up right behind you to do it yeah yeah yeah. Yeah.
2: and that one one of those people might be the next big name and they'll like they'll go in there they'll take chances on people and stuff like that you know
1: yeah well speaking of big names let's talk about you uh yes. and how did you get into an exaggeration this- <laughs> how did you get into this like i guess kind of wild industry like uh you said you went to college you go to like an art school or something yeah or?
2: i went to a uh, illustration school and uh oh, which, which it's school called, it's called sheridan it's up in oakville uh okay. just about an hour outside of toronto here and cool. um Back in the '80s and '90s, it was quite known for its uh, animation program. Uh, Disney okay. would come in there and snipe uh, talent to work for them. Yeah, it was it was quite the prolific wow. program there. I didn't take that program; I took the illustration program. Um, but it was also it was one of those programs where, like, as an artist, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah, um, I never had a goal of working in comics. I just never, for me, just never. I had a disconnect. It never occurred to me that I, I could make a living. Making comics, even though I drew comics as a kid and you yeah. know, read comics as a teen, it just it was just not like a a, a a tangent or like a connection I made basically. So while while I was in the program, which was quite robust, I was learning all kinds of things. Um, I actually um, you know met a few colleagues or, or friends in the in the in the program who had actually one guy had actually gone to the Kubert School oh, for the nice. for, for for a year. He wanted to be a comic book artist, and couldn't afford to go back to the Kubert school, so he came to this school instead. And then another guy was a working professional of ten years, uh, working in gaming, like RPGs, oh, cool. um, and uh, had come back to school to kind of learn uh, color theory. He was mostly a black and white artist. He came to you know brush up on his skills, learn color theory. Now he's a prolific painter, which is just amazing. Um, yeah but uh so these guys kind of you know i met many people there but these two guys i think were were pretty influ- influential in the sense that um one guy the the, the guy who came back to school uh it was like hey you should work in rpgs you know role playing games uh you you make a killing for these companies and i was yeah. like oh okay i've played a few of these over the years never cons- once again never Considered I could make, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, I was thinking, like, oh, am I going to go to architecture? Am I going to do like, you know, graphic design for magazines? And um, so he kind of opened that door up for me. And, you know, when I graduated, I sent out a portfolio to, uh, I think about like a half dozen gaming companies at the time. It was like, uh, you know, Wizards of the Coast and um, uh, Palladium Books, uh, West End Games, all these different role playing game companies. And I got a job offer from Palladium Books which uh you know but they employed me pretty much exclusively for the first two or three years of my career and oh, then wow. that's non-exclus- amazing non exclusively for the another probably 5 years after that they're great the uh the owner Kevin Simbieta, was uh, not only uh, an amazing individual uh but being an entrepreneur on his own creating this company and also having an illustration background he was actually kind of a really Uh, I I don't use the word mentor very often, but he was very, like, influential in helping me, like, kind of, you know, make the right moves and and kind of educating me on, you know, how to be a freelancer, how to, you know, look over contracts and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh at the same time he gave me free reign to to make his worlds look amazing. So I, awesome. I really enjoyed working for them. Awesome. And the the other guy, uh the guy who came from the Cuber school kind of said, Hey, you could do comics. And I was like, Oh, yeah. So I I tried to shop my work around for years. Um As uh, we do, as we do. Yeah, as we do. And I, <laughs> I did I did conventions, uh, I think I did my first New York Comic Con, not the current version but the Big Apple Con that was I yeah, I remember Big uh, Apple. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a it was a huge show back in the day. Awesome. Um and I remember I did that, I think it must have been 94 or 93 around there. We we did a road okay. trip down and we we showed our portfolios around. I it's a great, you know, I had I had some handwritten letters from Karen Berger thanking me for her portfolio and all this stuff. Nice. But no matter how hard I tried, I could not get work with comics for Probably a good decade or so. Like so, I just I just continued on doing work in RPGs. I then moved on to collecting uh, collector cards, like uh, um, uh, Magic the Gathering, and that kind of stuff. Nice. And um, I also worked in children's books, magazine illustration. I did graphic design stuff for like companies. You know, a a little bit of everything, really. I used my the skill set I gained from you know going to this uh, school, which kind of was a, a very robust program. You know, yeah. I learned you know how to publish, how to you know prep books for print how to illustrate stuff but also all the all the nitty-gritty from typography to graphic design all that stuff oh, that's so cool. um, that's, that's a yeah. Work. yeah yeah that's, that's great that's, that's awesome yeah and then i started doing shows with my my web comics and my gaming material and would meet other creators aspiring to be in comics or having their foothold already in there like early early friends where people like um uh, B. Clay Moore, who was uh, okay. uh, at the time famous for Hawaiian Dick. Um, yeah. We there's a uh, Catherine and Stuart Eminem, uh, Mo- who a, a plethora shit. of work for Marvel and yeah. uh, Scotty Young actually, who uh uh was, is a great friend uh, we met back in 2000. Must have been four or five. He was you a know, big I've, fan of my. He was a big fan of my web so he came over to buy my comic, and I'm like, "Oh, nice. you you're Scotty Young." And so, yeah. you know, all these great people, like, kind of uh i i have to actually thank for my initial inroads because when scotty young wanted to write his first book for marvel he asked for me to draw the book right? awesome and then Catherine yeah. catherine had a, a one shot she wanted to do with captain america she asked for me so all these wow. editors would start calling me up and going i don't know who you are but <laughs> scotty young wants you to draw deadpool with him and i'm like oh wicked yeah sure no problem you know that's and, great. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of like I had a weird, and I also did some inking over other artists, you know, sure. um, uh, early on because I was I was quite fast, so I would come in and kind of save deadlines for a while. Oh yeah, and that was my inroads, but nothing actually ever kind of clicked till I did Tale of Sand, which was the graphic novel I did in two thousand eleven. Okay, and and that kind of like won you know won a few Eisners and stuff like that, and that. Yeah. After that, Marvel's like, "Hey, you want to work for us?" And I'm like, yeah, "I've been trying to for like ten years." But, <laughs> <you know? laughs> but uh, it's it's nice to nice to be invited now, finally. So, Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that's so it's, what, been oh, a, it's been a, that's it's amazing. been a roller coaster getting there, but it's been an adventure anyway. So you know.
1: yeah, no that that grind too is I don't know. Especially, I always feel sorry for the guy. You know, you meet artists; the only one they only want to do is work for the big two. Yeah, and I always. I, I, it's always amazing when they get in, but I've known so many of them that, like, like you said, it's like they've been trying for a decade, and they're still yeah. grinding. They're getting tons of work, they're doing tons of stuff, and it's not mm-hmm. like they couldn't do the job. It's just for some reason the yeah. emails go unanswered, and I'm yeah, always it's, like, yeah, it's
2: interesting. I, like for for me, it was never like I guess the end goal. Like it was never my high water mark.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
2: I've always been an indie guy. I always loved indie comics. I loved. um Uh, the 80s and 90s of Indie Vertigo, Dark Horse, Legends, you know, the Legend brand. So I think for for me, I thought it was like a a rite of passage. I like, you know, at the time it was like you make it to these companies to then do your own stuff because it was still the early days of the Internet. So you couldn't really build your audience that way. So you kind of had to build the the whole idea was like build your audience here and then go over here and, 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 and do your own thing, bring your audience with you um yeah. now I, w- I would say you don't have to work for these two big two- kind of the so opposite now players. yeah yeah it's, yeah exactly yeah. you know a lot of people make their mark on the indie scene then get pulled into the big leagues if they want for a while so uh so i find it funny now like i you know i spent a good decade with marvel and now i'm kind of get back re- going back to my roots and going back more into indie stuff which you know i'm having i mean I had a lot of fun at Marvel as being great to draw Spider-Man and Thor and all those guys, but sure. There's there's something for me anyways that's way more fun just drawing your own characters and, and doing your own stories.
1: Seems like there's um the more and more creators we talk to, um, it seems like that tends to be the uh I don't know if like the indie scene is getting ready to go into like a another renaissance period or something. Like he had like in the early '90s or whatever, but yeah, um, it just seems like a lot more big, especially with the advent of like Kickstarter and crowdfunding, yeah, exactly, and all that. right? Yeah, like, like if I
2: if I had these tools fifteen years ago, I would be I would have been doing that the whole time, right? But, like, yeah. unfortunately, like I think Kickstarter didn't happen I think till 2014, I think or 2010 around there somewhere. Yeah, so
1: and even yeah. then it was very like people were still very like, what is this? Yeah, like, yeah. Like,
2: you want me to give money for what? You know, yeah. so. am
1: I ever going to see this? Like, exactly.
2: what is this? Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah.
1: there is a know, lot I mean, of those. There is a yeah. lot of those. You know, you were
2: hard pressed even like in the early days to get like someone to pay like you know ninety nine cents for an app or something like that. Yeah. You know, it was like, but yeah. now people are a little bit more trained. They're like, oh yeah, I'll download this album or micro payments here or Patreon there or Substack there. You yeah. know, yeah. so the 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 landscape has changed where you can actually um engage with your audience directly and actually monetize your engagement you know for your benefit and also for your audience's benefit you right. know they they get the the best thing from you and you get a little bit of money to keep on you know paying the bills basically that's right mm-hmm. that's
1: right <laughs> so uh one of the things I've been, i always like to kind of uh I pick at uh, creators brains is <laughs> you know all of us we all it seems like everybody kind of grew up a fan of something you know mm-hmm. like they yeah. were like you as a young kid you were like immersed in some kind of like aspect of pop culture Like for me it was like jurassic park was like my, my okay thing, right Like yeah. for yeah. me so, for me it was ninja turtles so
0: yeah nice yeah nice.
1: so uh, like for you what was uh what was kind of like something that you like you know i guess is like your um your gateway i guess yeah, the gateway. Well, I mean, I think for
2: yeah. I'm I'm of that generation where my trigger point was definitely Star Wars. Like that's Okay, yeah. that movie came out and it blew my mind as a kid. Yeah. And then like I had that, and I also had like at the time battlestar Galactica. Oh yeah. And yeah. um and uh Geez, I trying turned remember what other stuff around that time. I You know, like that was the that sci-fi element really kind of just sent my brain out there. And uh, you know whether and then the toys and creating your own stories and and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and like for comics it was I was actually quite late into comics I didn't get into comics till probably like uh, late elementary school okay Um, because before that I was reading more like your your newspaper strips like Garfield and Mm -hmm. Calvin and Hobbes and which classic that's where I predominantly learned how to draw like that was my style. Uh, growing up and then it wasn't until high school where you know when i was fully into comics and trying to draw more in that capacity where i was trying to draw realistic to you know oh, yeah. to do superheroes and all that kind of stuff right yeah um but yeah science fiction was definitely my 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 gateway drug into yeah. into what i'm doing now for sure
1: yeah definitely uh, yeah seems like sci-fi is just uh I know that even though it can get so uh, existential at times, it's somewhat still relatable. I think because at its core, like it, yeah. despite all the uniqueness, uh, there's like you know the core is always a humanistic story.
2: Yeah, I think I think you're just you're just dra- you're just draping a, a good story in the the uh, accoutrements of, of science fiction. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, it's also yeah. a good way to talk about stuff, and you know, uh, in a in an abstract fashion. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, but for me, it was just like I was just you know, as an eight year old kid, I was just blown away by laser guns flying ships. Yeah, <laughs> heck yeah, <laughs> yeah, and all that. Heck yeah. I, didn't, I didn't care if there's Star Wars with a statement on the Vietnam War, right? I was, right. Just, I was just like, there's a guy with a sword, it's a laser. <laughs> this is you know, this guy is a ship, and there's a Wookiee, like you know, yeah. I'm in, so, yeah,
0: sign me up, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think you know, we always, uh, you know, like we and uh, that. Star Wars always pops up. I want to say like almost every episode, Star Wars oh, yeah. ends up popping up. Somebody, yeah, somebody ends up bringing up Star Wars. Like, oh yeah. Star Normally Wars it's me. The... <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, else. like the yeah. last few creators we've had, it's like, oh, what was the stuff, what was the stuff that really got you into this? And then Yeah. Star Wars is always in the mix every yeah. time.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess like I said, if you're of a certain age, it's definitely, yeah. and you might even have waves of it now because like there's also the, the the people who grew up with the prequels. Yeah. That's the, right. their Star Wars, right?
1: Yeah um i I missed all that maybe it's because i grew up in the woods or something but like i missed that entire um
2: it's not like i didn't know what it was but if you're if you're into jurassic park if that was your gateway that would have been like that was the 90s isn't it
1: the early 90s yeah early 90s i would have been what eight when that came out um and i was already into like the natural sciences and stuff so that was more of like oh whoa like, yeah. this is way better than just the disney's you know good time charlie the story of a
2: <laughs> of a young cougar yeah. surviving in the wilderness you know like. yeah and for some people it might be the tolkien movies it might be like, yeah. You know, yeah i think everybody has their whatever it was at that moment when your brain was just accepting enough to go you know yeah to get pulled in to yeah. whatever it might be it's you know
0: ninja turtles and michael keaton batman baby that's uh, yeah well,
2: that's it, I, I remember you know? like Michael yeah. Keaton, Batman blew me away Yeah, when I was, you know, that was a teenager at the time. And I was one of those guys who signed a petition against Michael Keaton. And then he proved me wrong.
3: Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> funny oh, how okay. that happens. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, yeah. um, and then, yeah, TMNT was, was great as well. Cause those are the Henson movies. Yeah. I had the original comics as well. Oh, yeah. Like that was early on the indie scene. So I have yeah. a lot of those original, original ones from back in the day. You still got them? Uh, Oh, yeah. They're in a box somewhere in my That's closet. awesome. I, 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 I got rid of, That's like, brilliant. probably 90% of my collection. Yeah. Uh, but I kept my favorites. And a lot of my favorites yeah. were uh, indie, a lot of the indie stuff from the 80s and 90s, basically. Wow. And then I kept so- a couple of my favorite, like, X-Men issues. And, sure. And, yeah. You, know, f- you know, like, I have the, the horrible Star Wars Marvel run. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stuff. But, you know. I you just
1: know, found out that... Um- excuse me i'm losing my voice um i just found out that they did a 2001 space odyssey yeah jack kirby uh, man yeah really and it, uh, yeah man dude it's one of those where like they obviously didn't watch the movie it was
2: just Kirby yeah. being like what what's
1: this oh yeah there's a like a sentient like ai robot sure got it <laughs> and it, you're usually like, this is not 2000. <laughs> like, he was just like, he was just like, man,
0: I'm going to do this
2: and just yeah, <laughs> full do the Kirby way. Full Kirby. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: Kirby tech I'm, everywhere. I'm trying yeah. to get all oh the issues God, of that.
2: I, <laughs> oh, I got to find that. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I've actually been on this. Like, yeah, what it was funny because, like, Kirby is a guy that when I was a teenager, yeah. I looked at, was like, who's this crap artist? Like, like I did not like <laughs> his work at all. You like, looking at like Jim Lee and stuff, you're like, this guy, man. Yeah. Guy, well, I, I was great. like Mignola, Simonson, Arthur Adams, Jim yeah. Lee, like all these guys, right? But then, like as you, get, you grow older, you kind of, you know, it's like, I always say it's like jazz. When you listen to music, you like go back to the source. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like if you're I'm into Mignola, you know, his Cosmic Odyssey is basically a homage oh, to, yeah. mm-hmm. to Kirby, right? And then, like, you start to stand right and now, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm on the Kirby train for the past decade. I'm like, been buying up a lot of his old, like, weird shit he did after he left Marvel yeah. and, and DC, you know? You know, it's okay. interesting. Uh, you, you'll you appreciate this. So, uh, last time
1: I was actually in Helioscope was probably like four years ago or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, I think it was at like Rose City, but I, I still had a deadline to hit. So, I went like, you know, skip this skip Thursday and went and worked in the studio. And there was a like, they, at the time they had all these young kids right out of college that were Mm -hmm. in there and they're all working digitally and using all the digital methods and Mm -hmm. Pinterest for reference and everything. And, you know, it's great. But I was like, Oh, do you guys like, you know, like check out Barry Windsor Smith, check out Serenco, check out like, uh, you know, these old school comic dudes from Mm -hmm. like the Mm -hmm. the sixties. And the kids were looking at them and they didn't know who any of them were, you know? And they were like, I don't think they're that good, and I'm like, no, no, no! You don't understand. They didn't have Google. They didn't have yeah. no such thing. They could These guys were drawing like just like, well, how does a horse look? Let me. I think I saw one years ago. You know, because they're all dudes like living in New York City. Oh, like, for I, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, no, and I was trying like, to explain the, like all these techniques that you think are like passe now. Like these guys invented that shit. Like these guys yeah. were the ones that came up with all these cool. And they just they weren't impressed and it was killing me it was killing me because yeah. I was like,
2: god damn it no these are the this is the foundation right here yeah there's a there's a certain uh like i i love like for example i love a lot of the like old school 1960s 50s and 40s illustrators mm-hmm. from, like, yeah covers to magazines and stuff like like, like uh, mcginnis um oh yeah um, i'm but, blanking on uh names right now i have a bunch of their books behind me al parker albert doran all these guys
1: yeah. and
2: um uh,
1: for Zeta Yeah, Zeta for early right? Frisetta, even yeah.
2: like Barry Windsor Smith uh, was one of my oh, yeah. comics favorites as well like but there's such a like a, a an illustrative quality of these guys and like you said like they didn't have like I, f- I feel like there's a uniqueness to the art back then and there's a homogenous yeah. nature to art now mm-hmm. because everybody's looking at the same Pinterest the same right. uh, reference points because you have so much more reference from around the world um you're you're just you're you're kind of dipping into the same pool, and then the algorithm kind of you know shows you oh you like this art you like this and it kind of right. yep. keeps you in that in that realm. Not to saying that not to say that there isn't any unique art anymore. I just feel like the uniqueness of some of these early guys. Yeah, because like it was a struggle to get a manga back in the '80s or like you know in right. early '90s. Yeah, Dark Horse was reprinting some. Other 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 than that, it was like a few friends who might you know travel to like some weird show who you know some guy imported the laser disc of akira right or some some copies of shonen jump and you're like oh this is gold you know and you'd photocopy it and share it between friends and stuff like that yeah you know and and i feel like that kind of made for uh, a little bit more uniqueness in like how people approach not only the art but like you know the concepts of monsters or heroes or whatever it might be costume design or all that kind of stuff right
0: yeah, yeah. I, I had I had kind of the same conversation uh Tad with somebody about Blade Runner maybe like last maybe like a year ago where uh you know they were talking about how much they love the new one um, twenty forty nine, but they hated the original because just God the the like the 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 CGI and everything was just so bad, and I was just like, you guys, like this was in nineteen eighty two, like I know they they, and, but it still was phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, these guys invented you know? like with like George Lucas and all these guys, yeah. they invented the stuff that's being used today. Like, what are you yeah. talking about?
1: You're killing yeah. me. it. Wasn't wasn't and, the concept designer? Was that Sid Mead? I think that's who. Oh, Sid Mead for yeah. Mm-hmm. For yeah, Runner, for, yeah, for for Blade mm-hmm. Runner, it's like, dude, that guy is like the boilerplate for mm-hmm. cyberpunk. Like without him, like the, it yeah. seems like he invented, like not invented, but he took. I guess he vi- made made it visual. Yeah, and that's yeah. like
2: seems like that's what everybody's running, yeah. like, even now. You know, like that's well, funny how like Blade Runner just like every future city now looks like Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. you, wa- you yeah. watch like episodes of the Mandalorian or, or Andor where they're going into some like Coruscant and Coruscant just looks like yeah. blade runner. Now. Yep. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Like, you know, um, and I, and I actually feel like some of these older films with, you know, their effects are, I guess more, um, with some word of looking like for more, uh, analog.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: I think that stuff actually holds up better than the C, the early CG stuff. Like, you know, you look Sand- at some of the prequels, it's a bit clunky. So yes. prequels, yeah tron
0: all that stuff you know you know you appreciate that they're that they're working with like that was like the up-to-date technology that they had at the time but like i look at the prequels and then i look at like the original trilogy and Mm -hmm. i'm like i think the original trilogy like looks better you know Um, yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah. Yeah. and i don't know if you guys if you get a chance check out the ilm documentary on Disney Plus like a four-parter. Oh yeah. Okay. I think. But it actually goes through like the foundation of ILM and how they were actually just inventing shit along the way to to solve their problems, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it touches upon things like Jurassic Park, how they were like, Yeah. Yeah, no, we can do this with computers. They're like, No, you can't, just stay over there. And then the guys just on their own created yeah, the real the, the, I just, there's a
1: really good documentary because Phil Tippett, you know, he's yep. the guy who did all the stop motion. He's got, mm-hmm. they made a documentary, I think two years ago on him mm-hmm. and he was talking about how when he came in and they're doing all of their stuff for Jurassic Park, right? Mm-hmm. And then the one guy who's like quietly off to the side, yeah. secretly yeah. doing this. He, yeah. And then when they do this, he spliced in the screening of it and they're they all sitting there like, oh shit. Uh, well, yeah. tip it's like, I'm out of work. Oh, yeah, damn it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah
1: Game yeah. just changed, but it didn't. They incorporated him cause he had to do all the movements. I
2: don't know. It was, it was interesting. Yeah, it t- t- changes the dynamic, right? Like, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like, I, I saw someone, uh, Sean Crystal, uh, one of my friends in the industry, he posted a thing the other day. It was like, learn how to do it. Uh, you know, if you're going to learn to you know do art, learn on paper and with pen and paper first before going digital. Cause you can transfer yeah. those skills onto oh, yeah. the digital platform ease, but working the other way yeah, around is way more difficult. Like control it, because yeah. you know, in reality, like your your digital brush, Sorry. you know, to mimic that realistically is, is hard, yeah. but to go from an actual brush to the digital yeah. version is easy. So I think it's the same thing. Like, you know, tippett did all these yeah. movements yeah. and stuff and created these things with these flow magnets, yeah. moving them a millimeter at a time, lo- learning movement, and then he applied those skills uh, yeah. to the animation department and CG departments, right? So, yeah, I think it's important to learn those skill sets mm-hmm. to kind of have them transferable over. You well, know? So, so, yeah.
1: Speaking of digital and analog, yeah. um, I mean, you've been doing this for a while, so I know that you you obviously started analog. Are you have you made the conversion? Are you going digital? Because like it seems like that's pretty common. It's just saves oh, yeah. time. Yeah
2: yeah I, I i did it for me it was like a slow i i eased in slowly uh you know first i th- I started doing my pencils or my layouts digitally and then i would print them out and you know yeah do everything else analog and then slowly just like more and more i'd be s- to the point where now i'm like fully like when i did still water that was like full digital i think the, yeah. fu- the first full digital comic i did was um uh, the Nova Resurrection series I did for Marvel. because mm-hmm. I was also co-writing. Okay. So my my time was even just uh, way more. Just, yeah. Awesome. Finite, man. Yeah, yeah finite. I to... um, before that, like Hawkeye did half traditional, half digital. Um, but yeah. But that all said, uh, you know, I actually miss working traditionally. And I have a project I'm working on the next month where I am going back to, I'll probably pencil it digitally, yeah. mm-hmm. but then do the final finishes with ink. Uh, traditionally basically
1: yeah i uh i don't know i i've been in a weird zone where like i understand the going digital just because i think it's more economical mm-hmm. um but i just can't like i don't know if it's just because of the cubert ears or what but <laughs> like the the, mo- the furthest i'll go is i'll do layouts and pencils digitally mm-hmm. but yeah. inks i still have to i just feel like i don't know uh we were talking with um oh who was it patrick reynolds yeah a few mm-hmm. weeks ago and he just made the full conversion but like he's a guy that was you know like i mean doing dry brush techniques and mm-hmm. wash and all that kind of stuff and um yeah it's just one of those where i can't quite um let go of that like it's yeah. this kinetic feeling with the paper i don't know it's weird no
2: I it, like, I, I, well, it's funny because like when i used to ink all the time like uh traditionally I, there was like for me there's was like a zen kind of quality to inking like yeah. i just go it out and I'm, I'm in there i'm in the groove I'm creating and I don't get that the flow recording. state. You get that flow yeah. state, right? Yeah. yeah. And I don't yeah. get that di- taking digitally at all. Mm, no. And, um, and the other thing I think is, and like, I'm not begrudging digital. Like I use it a lot. Yeah. Um, same, same. But because once again, everybody has access to the same brushes and the same tool sets. Yeah. Yeah. I can usually go through it. You go, oh, this guy used this brush and this thing. And so once again, there's a certain, um I don't I don't want to say homogenized because you could do quite a lot with digital, but there's a beauty to like the organic it's, nature of yeah. and randomness of inking traditionally that you can't achieve mm. uh digitally because digital is all uh pre programmed strokes, right? Like no yeah. matter how many times you move that brush, it'll always look the same. Right. It's just, it's, it,
1: for. I guess I'm a just a dirty,
2: filthy comic artist. So <laughs> and it's a just human too being. clean.
1: Yeah, it's too clean. And for it's me. clean, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. when I
2: think traditionally, I'm in there with my thumb, I'm mudging yeah. things around. I'm you know, whatever. So there is I think um there's definitely a beauty to it that I miss that I, I look forward to kind of diving back into. Yeah. Yeah. what that stuff done.
1: I remember I was trying to make the conversion I'd gotten like clip studio and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was spending all this time and I was, I was talking with some other artists and I was like, man, I just, it's not clicking for me. I don't like looking at like, I'm looking at a computer screen all the time. And so like, well, that's at, the other thing too, on, right? yeah, it just yeah. hurts my eyes. And yeah. I remember this one guy who works primarily digitally, he's like, just go with whatever feels the best, man. Like who cares? Yeah, like just because the exactly. industry's going to the stage, he's like, Who are your favorite artists? And, name and he's like, Don't they all work analog? And I was like, Yeah. yeah. And he
2: goes, Just go like that, then, man. Yeah. And I was like, No, I was like, a, they're all tools at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's like, that was his point. Yeah. Yeah. There is a for me, the my favorite part about digital is you know, like nothing's permanent, right? So you can change yeah. it. So that's why I like it for the penciling layout So I can move things around, I can adjust yeah. the size. Cause if you know they're Back, you know, working traditionally, you drew something perfect, but then you're like, oh, that's a perfect head. Oh, man, it's like just a little bit too small for the body. So you either like <laughs> ink it as is and then like blow it up and copy paste it or adjust it on the final. Or like you're like, I got to redraw this now because, you know, it might be oh. perfect, but it, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, there is that element that I like, at least for the foundational work of a page or a piece of art where I can kind of not have to did, worry about that part. And, I did um, a
1: book for Oni a couple years, a few years ago. And um, I was like, I'm doing everything old school. Like, yeah. this is my passion project, you know, because it's 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 not like it's a Marvel book or something. So, and um, there were so many pages, man. I get halfway through inking it and be like, fuck, it looks like shit. It's not how I want it. <laughs> Tear it up, throw it away. And luckily, I had the pencils that I scanned. I could bl- blue exactly, line them out right? and just yep, start yep. over. Yeah, Yeah. And even now I still do that occasionally if it's like, okay, I want this cover, the splash to be like perfect or like way. And then you get, and it's like, man, this is just not looking how it needs to look. And
2: yeah, (laughs) I've done done that many times uh, back when I was working fully traditional, like where, yeah. when I did tight pencils, I would scan the pencils in just as a backup, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You never know when an ink spill might happen or you are just having a bad inking day and you're like, oh, you know what? I want to restart this page yeah right definitely so (laughs) so let me ask you
1: this is there anything like unique that you do uh or anything unique but you do like for you because like i found like a big thing for artists especially coming out of the pandemic you know burnout was like a big deal um and i think it was the first time like you actually heard conversations about it like i think it's been there for a long time it's just Mm -hmm. no one was actually like it just didn't seem like it was in the the zeitgeist right yeah and um is there anything you do to keep because you've been doing this for a while is there anything you keep just to keep things like fresh and clear mentally for you because you know like even though yeah we're not like digging ditches and stuff but like i feel that like there's a mental strain that comes with this because it's like basically you sit down your 9 to 5 is like be creative come up with something original that no <laughs> yeah. one's ever
2: seen before like yeah. go if, if you're lucky it's just 9 to 5.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. let's go.
2: Uh um, <laughs> midnight. 9 know? to 9. Yeah. You know? Um yeah, it's you know it's funny cuz I've been I've actually feel like I've been operating in burnout mode for about 5 years now just like Yeah. I didn't slow down during the pandemic. I was going full tilt. Mm. Okay. And um uh yeah i think for for me like i don't really have a a, a straight answer to that but i sure. one thing i've learned over the years and i've done this in spurts where before the pandemic you know i might hustle hard for a while and then i would take a month off and go travel oh nice! And, yeah like yeah. and i wouldn't even draw like people are like you're gonna draw you bring your sketchbook and draw i'm like no i'm just gonna yeah. like absorb things i'm gonna like eat places watch things do things <laughs> whatever see I, that's what i like that because like i always would take sketchbooks with me but and you never between, open them. Be, between the three of us <laughs>
1: never gets cracked i yeah, know like i
2: remember i have uh, my last sketchbook i have i think i bought early 2017 or mid 2017 before a trip yeah and i think i'm maybe a third of the way through it like i don't sketch enough anymore because it's like when you do it you know i like for a living for me anyways, like you're just burnt out. Like I, you know, I know it's yeah. a habit I should have at least, you know, I know a lot of guys who have a little morning sketchbook or whatever, but, right. Um, but these days coming, especially this year, it's, uh, I made a promise to myself early uh, end of last year, early this year, because I was a bit overloaded last year. I, I, I had too much on the plate with my own work. Yeah. Plus raid and all this stuff. Yeah. I, 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 basically said, I got to keep balance. Uh, I can't be doing the, the, the crazy and then go like take t- chunks off. I got to right. keep that, that flow going. So, you know, I'm okay with working late nights here and there, but I'm, I'm really trying to uh, bring in weekends off, you know, more, more controlled hours. You sort of like yeah. at the end of the day, I can go home, read, watch something. So I'm not operating in burnout. You know, it's keep, yeah. keep feeding the, the creative psyche with different things, Yeah. You know and even taking travels, uh, and, uh, and exploring new places like, uh, it, you know, summer is just on the horizon here and I love riding my motorbike. So I'm like, I'm cleaning it up oh, in road trips and zoning oh, out, you know, on, on the, on the, on the wavy, you know, the, the curvy roads of Northern Ontario. You know? Nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to work in a bit more of that. Cause yeah, it is. I think something that I know I've succumbed to horribly over time. Like, I mean, I've hit burnout hard many, many times. And okay. Like past five years of just being, I think straight burnout, like it was really just kept going. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I think when you're operating that state, you're not really improving as a creative. You're just kind of falling back on um, existing habits and, and shortcuts yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you don't really push the envelope. So I'm, I'm, after Stillwater ended, which uh, was the last series I did, and I have this one shot coming up. I'm really hoping to use this one shot to kind of be a little bit more fun. You know, uh, is this a Clearwater it, one shot or is this No no it's different? um so basically I wrapped Stillwater and uh I'm uh it just got announced maybe a month ago. It's a book called Deep Cuts. Deep Cuts and It's six issues, it, it kind of follows the history of jazz, basically. Oh, uh, cool, cool. Yeah, so it's like I'm a big uh, lover of jazz and, and blues, and it kind of has these avatar characters kind of representing your Coltrane, your Miles, and all that stuff, and it kind of follows okay, them, kind of giving you a through line of the decades from the 20s up until, I think it ends in the 70s. I can't quite remember. And wow. so I'm just doing one issue of that series. Uh There are okay. 48 pages. Oh, that's a big issue. That's a yeah, lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And each issue focuses on a decade, and basically I'm doing... Uh, the 40s, basically. Oh, so, nice. yeah. So I just want to, you know, do some oversize, You know, get my fat brush out, just start, yeah, you know, yeah having yeah. fun with it. Let the let the brush play some music on the paper. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just really go out, go to town, which I haven't done probably for a good decade. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know I mean, like I've done some stuff in between, but it was always under a, a, a very tight. Uh, monthly deadline, right? And it's yeah. hard to mm-hmm. kind of go too loose and too crazy when you yeah. got to produce a book. And experimenting
1: weeks. doesn't really get to happen. Yeah, in right. Yeah. You know
2: I mean? So, um, but yeah. So yeah, looking forward to doing that and and more of that actually in the next five years, just kind of playing wow. and having fun, basically. Yeah,
1: that's that's uh that's awesome. I'd see and and. I don't know. I guess the 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 comic fan in me, like I love you know, like all the like, you know Marvel DC stuff. It's great. Oh yeah, I wrong. grew up on yeah. too man. I love it too man. Yeah, it's yeah. great. But like, I, it's at this point, it seems like when I, I I'm waiting for like oh like a guy's putting out like a an established guy like yourselves putting out a zine or doing something mm. that's a little bit more passion based. Yeah. Um, just
2: because it's like oh, you know something you're gonna see something new, something unique that, that yeah, you might that's, not have that's time the whole right. It. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, you know, when we do those anthologies through Ray, like I just use it every time we do it. I just play, try something different. Yeah, you know, see, you know, what I can come up with and and have fun with it, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's I hope do awesome. it with more series coming up. You know, just actually have, you know, I would love to get to that state where I'm just producing like one nice graphic novel a year or year and a mm-hmm. half, whatever it might be, and just like, yes, you know, that's that's the one thing I do and. Put that out and uh and hopefully people like it and gets out there and move on to the next story yeah yeah that kind of thing you know so no, yeah. that, um, are, are
0: you uh, are you putting out deep cuts is that coming out through your imprint or no or that that's through
2: of... that's through image yeah. okay kyle H- Kyle higgins is uh one of the writers i'm i'm blanking on I'm, i feel terrible because i'm blanking on the other guy's name i think i have a script right here somewhere somewhere No, can't see it. That's all right. Um, <laughs> no but, um uh, it's 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 basically his his best bud, uh who's actually a big uh jazz historian kind of music guy, and they've written it together basically. It's coming out through image. First issue, I believe, hits the shelves this month. If not, maybe it's oh. a- already hit the shelves. I'm gonna okay. have to go um, find it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's a great array of artists doing each decade. It's amazing. Yeah. So, um, what I- are you? What issue are you doing? Four. So, yeah. Issue four. Okay. Yeah, so I've, I've done the layouts on the book. I'm gonna start working on art over the next maybe yeah. week or two, and then wow. off to the colorist, and you know, and oh, make yeah. a time for issue. Do you when it comes um, out. do
1: you ever do any like? Do you do any of your own colors ever, or is you just strictly line work these days?
2: uh I any cover you see, I've colored. You have colored. Uh, okay. Yeah. Interiors I really don't as much because it's you don't have the time on a monthly book. Right. The, it's a the, the, lot. I mean anything I do for the anthologies or all the all the raid stuff I color myself. Yeah. Um the uh I've done a couple of shorts in like Marvel and, and Dark Horse over the years where I've colored myself. I think the last thing I did for Marvel was like a Civil War short story that Chip wrote. Oh, for, cool. Nice. Yeah. So like if I can, I'll do it because I like coloring. It's Um, nice, like, having the complete, like, oh, I did everything, yeah. Exactly. Um, And, yeah, but usually in in mainstream stuff, it's usually my covers. I'll do, like, everything from start to finish, basically. Cool. How how did you get, uh, well,
1: I guess you kind of explained earlier. Um, Was there any particular, like, character that, like, you were, like, you were, like, okay, this is my, Marvel or DC was, like, this is your jam. Like, we're going to put you on this guy. Uh, That, you
2: know. Well, when, uh, with Marvel, it was more just like whatever came at me. And luckily yeah. I got, I had good options because I, I was really lucky. Like I worked with, you know, Jason Aaron, uh, Dan Slott. Yeah. Um, Catherine Eminen, you know, uh, uh, Chip Zdarsky. Um, oh man, I'm, I'm blanking on a few of the other guys right now, but I, I've been oh. actually super lucky with yeah uh, working with like the top tier writers. Right. And, um, yeah, that's kind of a who's who right that's there. Yeah, and uh, you know it, it's, it's 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 a nice blessing to you know uh have worked with these guys, and for me it's usually actually more about working with the creative teams, yeah, rather than the character because I don't really have any like one character that I, I have like I'll, I need to draw them so bad like that's my goal. Right. Like you know, probably the one character that if I were to say that I would want to draw would be Batman he was probably okay. when I was a kid that was the first superhero I kind of latched onto. Yeah, not okay. in the, it was not the comics. It was like the Adam West TV show, but that was like oh nice my, my character. Cool. and yeah. aside from some pinups here and there, I've never actually drawn. Um the bat uh, a bat comic i got offered one once but i didn't like the script so i kind of turned it down um, good
1: for you man there's yeah. a lot of people that would have just been like it's batman i'll take it you know
2: yeah that's what everybody told me like, what are you crazy i'm like i'm sorry it was like it was really really bad i didn't want to draw it like I, <laughs> yeah. I could just as i was reading it i was like i just don't want to draw this like I was, yeah I mean, it's, it's not gonna be my favorite work um, yeah. i
1: mean that's, that's creative integrity and you know like I, I think just because of the economics of this industry, a lot of times, I, you know, I know I've done it where yeah. I do uh, – there's things I've signed on for in the past where I was like, this is going to be terrible, but
2: um, yeah, I'm going to do it. And, Let's do it. Yeah. You know? Like, I've, I've, you know, I've made a couple of those mistakes over my career. Like it's either hey, you need a paycheck or – yeah you know like, or maybe you hope it's going to be some one thing and it turns out to be another thing right like you just right. sometimes you just don't know like mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah, like yeah a movie trailer you get the thing the pitch from the editor and you're like oh shit that sounds great and yeah. then when the final script arrives you're like ah not so great you know yeah. but yeah. You, yeah. you're professional you make it work and you move on to the next thing Yeah, um, exactly you know but you know luckily I haven't had many of those in my career so that uh, you know I'm fortunate in that regard but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I'd love to still work with, like, I've, I've been lucky with, to work with a few guys. I'd love to work again with, like, Bendis and, um, uh, yeah. oh, Dan lo- uh, Gamey and I would love to work with as well. Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. I, mean, I was a big fan of his work on Sandman and his novels, so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely there's some, some collaboration out, out there I would love to kind of make happen if possible.
1: But, <laughs> you know. Let me, okay, I think it's time then. It's time. Okay, <laughs> All right, Brian, Hit to Hit him.
2: Um, hit him. All right, yeah, here we go. All
0: right, so this is something that we ask uh, every guest who comes on the show. I've actually added a question that Tad hates, but I still continue to. And that's why, I mean, let's be honest. That's the real reason why I added it. So uh,
2: okay.
0: question one, better or more iconic TV opening, Magnum PI or the A-Team?
2: Oh, man. Oh, those are like A, I was I was deep into the, both of those shows yeah. growing up. Same. Oh man, that's a that's a tough one. I think I think the 18 one sticks because if I were recall, Magnetia was just music, but it had a lot of great Yeah. It had like an energetic soundtrack. Yeah. And it had like some great shots of you know Tom Selleck and the crew. Yeah. But if you were to like from an iconic standpoint of like you know the narration like you know if you can find them you can hire you know like the eighteen <laughs> yeah kind of stuff like yeah that yeah. that's that stuck in my brain there's like a certain like era of t v like the eighteen dukes of Hazard where they had those like the opening songs with the lyrics that you just stuck in your brain forever yeah yeah, yeah. and I would have to go with a team in that regard
0: okay yeah
2: all right yeah. wow I like it but I watch both those religiously those shows yeah they're they're great yeah a- they're
1: great I got a team's taken a healthy lead at it this has. point. It has. It really has. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yes. Brian. Sorry. But Brian. Like, you don't have like a guitar riff right
2: now. Yeah, Tom Selleck
1: yeah you know yeah. I just keep picturing Tom doing that where he turns and smiles yeah exactly, That's yeah, right?
2: exactly. I like the helicopter
0: drop when the helicopter drops in the beginning yeah, yeah. Oh, and they have
2: it man, timed no, no. with the actual beat drop I yeah mean, it's yeah I, mean, oh, I want to watch I want to watch that again now you Holy can't shit. go wrong yeah. you
0: cannot yeah. go wrong um all right so the actual question um mm-hmm. what we ask everybody is uh given the opportunity if you were given the opportunity to do a mini-series on any ip out there comic tv movie whatever music music, music yeah what would you what would you want to do
2: damn like like work on it in any capacity like be a part of a film production that kind of thing no you know, they would make it just be like comic or oh, a, graphic, a comic. graphic novel okay. yeah, like or or they were like novel. here's
1: the character
2: do craft your story or whatever you want to do yeah, okay okay yeah. um i have a few ideas that i've few go-tos that I've always jokingly put out to editors and stuff that like, and I'm a big fan of like some B b roll characters. Like I love like the non main Mm -hmm. characters for companies. Oh, perfect. Um, The the closest, if I were to go mainstream, like the, the closest I would probably get would be, I would love to work on the fourth world, especially um, Mr. Miracle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. For, uh, for DC, but I would go, I would go, I would go way back to the roots -hmm. Not like like while I enjoyed Tom King's take on with with Mitch their take on the character, yeah, I'm a fan of the Kirby version. Yeah, like I want the the glitz, the glam, the spectacle. Um, I actually worked up a pitch for them back in when they were first dipping into web comics. And oh whoa, yeah, I worked up like a few pages and I was it was actually going places. Then the whole side of that company got canned. Yeah, and everything got shelved. So I was was quite. So for for years, I've I've joked about maybe just doing my own comic uh, featuring the, the scripts ideas that I had. But um, I think for in another capacity, I would love to do uh, Thunder the Barbarian, a comic. I don't know if you remember oh, these, yeah. the characters from the, the cartoon from the 80s. Yeah. You know, designs by Alex Toth and Jack Kirby. Yeah. Um, Heck yeah. You, know, you got Sundar, Princess, and Ukla the Mock. and. <laughs> Love those! I love those Bizarro characters. Yeah, you know. And, yeah, And you know they're owned by I believe Warner Brothers these days. Were they? So they were Hanna Barbera, right? They were part of that uh, like Hanna Barbera group. No, they were originally. Um, I'm blanking on the. It was like a, a an independent party. I can't. I'm blanking on the name right now. Uh, but then I think they were merged into Hanna Barbera or or something okay. like that. But no, it was a third uh, another company, completely different. And then I think they got bought out by Hanna-Barbera and then Hanna-Barbera by Warner Brothers or something like that. Right. Um, and then uh, the one I always have going at um, at Marvel, I always joke with them, with the editors. I'm like, if, I, if you ever want to do a Star Jammer comic, I'm Dude, Yeah. But I, but I want the original cast. I don't want, like, you know, you know peppering it with, like, Iron Man or anything. I want, like, Corsair, Hepzibah, Chad and yeah. uh, i'm blanking who the other characters are uh, are right now but sounds awesome yeah so that's that's yeah. probably my three my my trifecta of comics uh characters or cartoon things that i would uh, transform into a comic for sure
1: that's that's all <laughs> we,
2: we had uh when
1: uh we had uh mark russell on a couple yeah. months back and uh i w- i'd give him my like informal pitch i was like i want to bring back space Ghost coast, coast to coast but oh yeah like have it be very meta where you know, it's all about, like, him looking at what's going on in the media now and trying to, like, break back into the industry and just being, <laughs> a, being a wreck. Oh, yeah. Just be being be a mess, awesome. you know? Yeah. Yeah. He Make was him like, into
0: a, it like a, like a YouTuber.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Where he's been demoted from, oh, you know, that'd be awesome. national cable to YouTube. That's that
2: to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's great.
1: Uh-oh.
2: That's really, yeah, there, yeah. There's so much stuff out there, though. I would, like, play in so many sandboxes if I had the the time and budget. People would throw things at me, like, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of, so. I
1: mean, I get it why they don't, but it'd be amazing to see, like, some big shot, like, big high up their editor with one of these, like a like a DC or someplace, be like, okay, yeah. I'm starting a division where it's just anything's wild. Just pitch something that's within our wheelhouse. Exactly. And, like, just get as crazy as you can, and let's see, you know. Yeah you know let's see what sticks I yeah, just, I so, just many, cool.
2: so many characters and franchises out there that just sit in dormant mm-hmm. you know or defunct you know that are like i feel
1: stuff. like we could do a super like a super cut of just all the the questions that we've asked all the creators on oh here. yeah because <laughs> all the ideas we get i would say 99 percent of them are just they're so unique and interesting yeah, yeah. like um who was it someone did like quantum leap on here yeah oh and yeah like yeah. Yeah. And um, it was it was like, oh, that's a great we idea. We had Someone pitch
0: monsters. Uh yeah. Um yeah. shoot, uh the first time Mark Russell was on when we asked him the question, he gave us the pitch for the first issue of Superman Space Age. You know, this was like <laughs> in like two yeah. years before it came out. So Oh wow. You know, it, yeah. Cool. we make
1: things happen here on this show. So <laughs> I
3: love
1: it. I love it. <laughs> Have you um this this is I guess kind of out of left field, but you're talking about these pitches that you've put together. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about and I don't know if like company would even be cool with it, but you ever thought about like um doing some kind of like I don't know, like anthology of like, hey, here's a bunch of pitches that just never uh that never went all the way. Uh I always thought that would be kind of interesting. Cause I always hear about guys like, Oh, I did a G.I. Joe pitch back mm-hmm. years ago
2: and didn't yeah. go. I don't know. I've don't taken know that, I've taken some of my pitches and reworked them. Because oftentimes, like a good story is a good story, you can just take right. it out and change yeah. the characters, right? Yeah. So I, I've done that with um, a couple of my ideas where I, I, I've just kind of reworked them with my own characters, and hopefully, you know, over the next few years, I want to kind of put them out there. Yeah. But they began yeah. as pitches for like a Marvel or a DC, and, and you know. And you see that stuff happen all the time. Like uh, that book that Barry Windsor Smith just put out. Oh yeah. The, Monsters. Um, Monsters. Monsters. Yeah, so That was good. that was a uh, Hulk pitch originally. Yeah.
1: Right. right. So, yeah. I think he did that after weapon X or something like that. And Marvel was like,
2: no. And then he reworked it. And it's like, it yeah. was like, Oh, it's 30 years in the making this thing. This is yeah, amazing. He's been doodling on the side basically. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's uh, the, you know, the, the great ability we have to take these ideas and, Okay, you don't want it? Okay, I'll just make it myself into this thing here. Right. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's the themes and the and the, the arcs and stuff like that are unique to to the to the story, not the characters, basically.
1: Yeah. You know, I like yeah. That. yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, we don't want to take up too much of your time. One of the things that we do yeah. uh like to ask um before we kind of start taking things home is uh <laughs> you know, we're all we're all comic fans. Yeah. So, um, you know, what, are you reading any comics right now? Are you got any comics you'd recommend uh, checking out?
2: I, I am. I, Besides I, the I, raid anthologies, of course. I definitely I do, check I those don't out. Unfo- I don't unfortunately uh, read any monthlies anymore. I just don't, I've fallen out of the habit. So usually I'll do yeah. like bulk buys of like a bunch of trades. Yeah. Yeah. Or same thing. You know what I mean? Um, so, over the past week, actually, I, I I picked up a bunch. I I picked up a couple of new ones. I, I picked up a bunch of um ones off my shelf that have uh, remained unread. So I have a few of um, those. <laughs> yeah, I got I got piles everywhere. Yeah. So um I just picked up uh, Echo Lands by JH Williams. Oh, uh, which I just started diving into. the The artwork is gorgeous. It's phenomenal, and I'm looking forward to like the the story's off to a solid start. I just yeah. started that collection. Um I finished reading uh decorum by uh, I've been reading that for the last month, yeah. Oh yeah? Yeah, just picking at it. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I love the art. I love uh what he's doing, but the story, in my opinion, is a bit of a hot mess. Like it's <laughs> I had a hard time getting into it and following it. And it was like about that it
1: was about the 90 page
2: mark i was like
1: oh okay we got something going here i yeah, see it yeah. starting to come together all right <laughs> yeah. but yeah again it was like mike huddleson's art where you're like dude uh what the hell man like this guy is just like <laughs> he breaks all the rules and makes it work beautifully yeah,
2: yeah yeah so that was that was that was a mixed. uh that was i enjoyed parts of it and other parts i was kind of like ah, i could have been better yeah um and what else did i pick up uh uh, something else I picked up. I can't remember what it was now. I like, I reconnected with some old stuff. I picked up like the old uh, Enigma series by Duncan Fogrado, mm, which I okay. read back in the 90s, but they just put out a new hardcover uh, collection of it. So yeah. I'm just going to dive back into that. And I've actually been uh, reading a bunch of older stuff, stuff that oh, cool. I never really picked up. So, like I said earlier, I've been buying a lot of old Kirby stuff. Nice. So I've been picking up the, um, the thing he did for uh, Pacific Comics, the Guardians oh, of what's it called? Guardians of Space or something? I'm, it's an idiotic title.
1: I know, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've been looking at all the like Eclipse. I've been buying Pacific and yeah. Eclipse comics stuff just because it's yeah. So I've, um, I, think I
2: bought the whole run of Star Slayer by um, Oh Nice did, did Green Arrow. I'm blanking on his name right now. Back in the day. And, uh, so I just be buying a lot of older stuff like that. Just kind of sticking yeah. my teeth. Yeah. I actually picked up the entire run of Epic illustrated, the anthology series. Oh
1: yeah. How is that? I was, I was I, literally looking at that on eBay, like three it days. It like ago. 34
2: issues I bought. I just, some guy yeah. had the whole thing on sale for dirt cheap. And I was like, you know what? <sighs> I'm going to buy this and start chipping away at it. So, awesome. um, yeah. So I've been doing a lot of that stuff, like stuff I missed out on. Yeah. Uh, growing up because, you know, I thought it was like, oh, you know, not my my liking or whatever it might have been.
1: It's not uh, Marvel, so I'm not interested. Yeah, that's like what whatever. I mean, What's this? Yeah, specific yeah.
2: comics. I don't need yeah. this. Yeah, um, I read Spider Man. I've, I've been kind of exploring. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I've been exploring more of that lately. Which okay, has cool. Been a lot of fun, kind of seeing, you know, where not only where creators kind of got their start, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, but also, uh, yeah, like Mike Grell. So that's what I was thinking. Mike Grell, who did like uh, Star Slayer. Like he, you know, he's doing this comic, and then he went on to do like Green Arrow. And stuff like that for DC, and and then also seeing where creators like Jack Kirby ended up, you know, like seeing where yeah. their careers took them, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, so it's just it's fascinating to see, and you know, some of them are hits and some of them are misses, but they're they're kind sure. of fun, fun to explore, right? So mm-hmm. definitely. So I've been doing a lot of that, and just yeah, catching up on trades, uh, here and there. So as as for current stuff, I couldn't tell you at all what's i'm, <laughs> what I'm, right I'm reading read it, yeah. i'm all i'm all over the place i'll you know i'll explore things like i just read mouse for the first time you know you, you know what, i've never i've never read that how is this <laughs> either <laughs> have i <laughs> it's, no it's phenomenal like it's yeah. you know it's the one comic my mother recommended to me she's like you should read this <laughs> i'm like mom you're recommending a comic to me this is just weird it's like what is, is happening of, right now what is happening in the world right now but like you know, I had a, I had it on my shelf. I bought it like as a book to read. Yeah, so I just yeah. pulled it off and just cracked it open finally, and was like, "This is phenomenal! It was a great." I can see why, why it went a poster. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna
1: have to, I'm gonna have to check it out. It's, yeah. It's, so I feel like I'm. I don't know. Like I'm
2: like I'm supposed to. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like one of those things. You're like ah, you know, you should. Like, yeah. You know, all, all in due time. I, I just keep you know peppering my library with 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 books yeah. and. You know, eventually I get to them all. If you know, if not, when I retire, yeah. I got a lot of reading ahead of me. So like that's true. It's right. all it's all good. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: awesome. Yeah. Cool. Bri, do you have did you were you able to I know I, you've been a busy
0: guy. No, uh, unfortunately, uh, who knew how much time eight year old baseball
1: takes up uh when you're a coach. <laughs> so I have oh, no idea. Also- Bry just acquired somebody's entire collection of like literally hundreds of graphic novels yeah. so you're oh, still wow. like sorting through I'm them, yeah, right?
0: I'm still sorting like I went through um uh, there was about a hundred different just X-Men trades, so like entire oh, wow. runs of ultimate new X-Men uh, exiles, bunch of classic wow. stuff wow. like so now,
2: I, now do you like did you acquire this as just like, I don't know like do you have a store or you just bought this collection? No, I didn't I didn't
0: even buy it. Um oh. one of my one of my coworkers, uh his partner was downsizing his collection. He was just getting rid of it because he didn't want it yeah. anymore. Uh yeah. they were gonna take it all the goodwill. Mm-hmm. And uh he was like, Hey, you like comics, right? Do you want this? And I'm like, uh yeah, I do. You know, and <laughs> Were like, you
1: thinking it was gonna be like a box or two, and then you get like, well, he my told me it was
0: he told me it was big. Um I thought it, you know, and so I was like, because the collection was down at uh, in San San Francisco. So I was like, Hmm. okay, am I going to need to like fly down there and like get a U-Haul and drive it back up? Like what's going on? He's like, no, 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 it'll fit in my car. But it was like seven full uh, U-Haul moving boxes boxes full of like hundreds of pounds and hundreds of books. (laughs) And then probably like a thousand uh, single issues as well in there. All like kind of 2000 stuff. But uh, yeah it's pretty epic man i I haven't even been through the single issues at all so i like i have no idea what's in there but i've been slowly sorting the graphic novels so like yeah my son he's you know he's reading i gave him batman year one to read and now he's Mm -hmm. reading the dc's new frontier Mm -hmm. um so he's he's going through reading them too so yeah it's pretty it's pretty neat i'll probably give give a bunch of it away um
2: no you know. what, i mean i do the i gotta do i actually have to do that with mike i am run out of room where i'm like i'm never gonna reread like why the last man for example like why do i have right. all these trades yeah i can just you know i'll yeah. either goodwill them or donate them or or what we have here we have like a library in the back of the studio where i just like bring books and just mm-hmm. hey you want to read this the whole run is right here yeah I'll, oh, I'll, like, cool. I'll
0: probably give them to his friends who like to read yeah. comics or you know like oh hey yeah you like uh you like X Men? Here, here's an entire run of X Men. Yeah, <laughs> there you exactly, go. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Enjoy. I was
2: a kid that blow my mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so right? I can, I can yeah. bring
0: that goodness to
1: people. Yeah. So
2: there you go. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah we'll share the wealth.
1: Absolutely. Speaking of old stuff, uh, like you're saying, you mentioned, you know, Eclipse Pacific, all that. Mm-hmm. So I've been on this run where I've been like. Tr- I don't read a ton of graphic novels and stuff, mm-hmm. but like, so lately I've been trying to get like out of print, like old eclipse, like yeah. mini series. Mm-hmm. And I got, um, strange days. I don't know if you remember this No, and it, uh, I don't know. It's from the eighties, but, uh, this, what is it? Like wave freak wave was actually the pitch for water world uh what? like way back yeah so i was like it's done by was it mcgill uh mcgilligan and mccarthy okay and um the arts i mean i'll just i mean the viewers can't see it but the artists i wish i wish water world looked like this it's so <laughs> oh, wild shit. yeah That's right awesome. Look at that. wow
2: that is wicked yeah it's like i mean like
1: weird floating heads and this weird sci-fi yeah. shit yeah the whole book is like this. Um What's it what's it called? Again? Freak Wave? No. It's called Yeah, it's called Freak Wave, but the Eclipse did uh, a collection. Days. Yeah, yeah, it's called Strangers. There's just three uh, like three issues in the series. Huh. And um I, so I'm reading those right now, but it's also got like uh oh, who's the other kid? Johnny Nemo, who I think ended up being like uh, a D- I think a DC character later down oh, the road. Oh actually
2: yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm going like, to look er- that up.
1: And then like Paradax is in it too? And he, uh, I think he ended up becoming like a Vertigo, like ended up going to Vertigo. Oh, but okay. yeah, man, I got them for like eight bucks, all three issues. And yeah. I mean, they're old as heck, but it's it's all like, I mean, it's it's cool. Like, I mean, look at this like sci-fi stuff.
2: Oh no, I love that. That's I, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: that is stuff. really cool. This is great. Yeah, you it's just blowing my mind. I'm like, uh, okay, uh, so now I'm like in this weird like Eclipse comics. Like, okay, anything between like '89 and '82, I gotta yeah. like track down and let's because like like you said, I missed. All that it was just mm-hmm. you know in the '90s was just like basically Marvel for me, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, occasionally DC here and there. So mm-hmm. now I'm going back and being like, okay, there's all these companies that no longer exist. I'm yeah, and the cool thing stuff. is you can
2: get a complete run, whether it's a Vortex or an Eclipse, yeah. or yeah, you know, something like that, right? You know, like I, I love that kind of stuff. Oh, Fantagraphics and yeah, you know, like yeah,
1: so, or like was it was it Kitchen Sink Press from like yeah, uh, Kitchen uh, the Sink, 90s? Tundra yeah. Press,
2: like all those companies, yeah. like you know. <laughs> And they, and the cool thing is they were putting out some very different stuff that would never make the cut for yeah. Marvel or DC, right? So you got some really interesting stories, art styles, and all kinds <laughs> of stuff, which yeah, is and, what I love about it.
1: And a lot of those creators now are like, they're still doing stuff. They're just, yeah. you know, they're working more of like, you know, big five type stuff or doing big graphic novels for like Abrams or whoever, you know, exactly, it's, it, yeah. it's just interesting. It's just, it's, it's almost like I feel like I'm, taking in like aspects of like the industry's history that I just sure. completely skipped over. Cause it's like, Oh, there's Marvel DC, like gold and silver age. Mm-hmm. And then there was the nineties boom with image and now there's yeah. everything coming out now, you know? And it's like, yeah. yeah, Okay. Just skipped
2: over. But hey, I mean, as a kid, you probably had a budget too. You can't buy everything. And That's like- right. Oh, I got like a
1: comic book a week at best, you know, you know, like, <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. and It
2: was also like, I remember like when I was, uh, when I picked up the, um, what was it? I wanted to pick up Howard Chickens Black Kiss when I was a teenager. Oh, or yeah. A teen, and my store wouldn't sell it to me because they were like, oh, you're too young for that. Or oh, the same so with, um, with uh, the Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't sell me that as well. So like, I actually had to go to a competing shop that was, they were like, oh, yeah, sure, kid. No problem. Like, you can, <laughs> you can buy this. And I'm like, all right, wicked. <laughs> you know, but it was just that, yeah, like, you know, if you weren't paying attention, there's so much stuff you, and it also depend on what your store ordered. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Some some stores never ordered any of that stuff. Dude, we didn't, you know I mean, I mean
1: Unless, my town was a small logging town. So it was like, we didn't have a comic shop. It was, yeah, it was the grocery store. You went to the magazine aisle and you exactly. just prayed that like the issue, the issue of Captain <laughs> America yeah. was still there, you know, like
2: oh. yeah, I did that when I was a kid, it would be like the, I knew actually it was a local variety shop and like, I knew what day they would get them in They're They're unloading them. They're cutting them open, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Right. And you're like, oh, did the other issue of this comic come in? I don't know. Like, let's, let's see. Let's, it was luck of the draw basically. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, man. <sighs> all right.
1: Well, uh, man. It just,
2: yeah. Oh, it just it's been fun.
1: reminiscing. Yeah. This has been awesome though. Hey, it's good to finally like actually talk with you.
2: Yeah. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure, man. This has been a lot of fun.
0: Appreciate you taking yeah. the time. Uh, what do you, what do you say? I uh, take us home
1: take us home big bride.
0: take us home all right tiger cubs uh the home of blue tiger revenge as you all know blue tiger revenge.substack.com uh we run a free site over here so uh you know you sign up you subscribe anytime we drop a new episode a new page of our webcomic operation blue uh really anything and everything that we do um it's uh, an email will come directly to your inbox um and, uh you know if you if you enjoy the show please share with your friends family uh even people you hate because there's enough tiger milk to go around for the entire world <laughs> um finally uh you know want to thank uh Ramon Perez for coming on man of raid studios dude thank you so much for for being here and for uh and for joining us today
2: well oh, real pleasure man I had a lot of fun I hope I can come back any anytime anytime <laughs> anytime um, anytime
0: and that is all I have uh tad do you have Anything else? I am all out of tiger milk. (laughs) Bone dry. Bone dry. All right. Well, if that's the case, what time is it? Hit the music.